Yeah, like two years ago, I thought of myself as a designer. Now, like, I'm firmly entrenched in the idea that I am an e-commerce consultant. Hey, welcome back to the Business of Freelancing podcast. I am your host, Brennan Dunn, and I am here to help you get better clients, make more money, and live a happier and healthier life freelancing. So I just want to thank you guys, those of you who left uh, reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you so much. It's really, it's the best way to kind of nudge it up in the rankings and get more, more, more of this content really in front of people who are running a freelancing business, but don't really know the business behind their business. And you know, that's what, that's what I'm here to do. That's my job is to help just to do the research and to share my experiences and other people's experiences that we can help you build a more sustainable and a more profitable business. So thank you again. If you haven't left a review, I kindly ask you to go to wrefreelancing.com slash podcast and click one of the uh, you know iTunes if you use that or Stitcher if you don't and uh, leave a review. I, I really do appreciate it. So in today's episode, I interviewed my good friend, Kurt Elster. Now, you probably might remember Kurt from episode 19, where he came on to talk about different strategies that he's used to follow up and condition both prospective clients and past clients of his. But I wanted to bring him on again because he's done something pretty remarkable over the last few months. He's gone from being a general purpose web designer to being the guy for optimizing Shopify websites. He's been featured on the Shopify website. He's a part of the new book that Shopify is writing. And he's done this in a, in a very short amount of time, just by refining the way that he positions himself, just by changing his client from being anyone who needs web design to being Shopify store owners who want more sales. And just by doing this, he's already on track to 8xing 8xing his revenue from last year, which is huge. And I wanted to bring him on just to share share his story, share you know what he was doing before, what changes he made to his business to get to where he is now, and um, and try to get any any big takeaways that he could share with you to help you do something similar. So here is my interview with Kurt. All right, so I'm really happy to be back with my good buddy Kurt Elster. Kurt, uh, we were you were on what I think episode 19, a few episodes ago of the business of freelancing, and I wanted to bring you back on because you've got an awesome story. You've kind of built this incredible consulting business that's very focused and very profitable, and I wanted to just kind of share with the listeners your story. So, Kurt, welcome back. Sure. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so tell us about uh, EtherCycle. So EtherCycle is um, the name of my my consulting business. It's a three man team full time, and we've been around five years. And I think we've probably like tried to reinvent ourselves on average every eighteen months. So we've gone through all kinds of different iterations, um, and now we've really hit on the magic, and that's by specializing, picking a specialty. So before you were doing, I think what a lot of us do, and you were just a Web design company, or yeah, and we th- like at the time I thought, and I look back on this and I cringe. I thought uh, we we said 
Like our first attempt at specializing was we make responsive web des- websites. And I was like, there, we specialized. Right, right. Which, <laughs> and obviously it's like way too broad. Yeah. And, and it, it, there's nothing implicit about a responsive website design that actually does anything, right? Like it's not outcome. There's focused. no benefit. Right. Yeah, there's that's no, clearly just not, that's like, here's feature. a technology. Right. That's the feature. Um, okay. So tell me, tell me about what, what changed. So the, the thing that changed is I realized, all right, you know, a specialization has to be like an audience, a benefit, and a technology. Like when you combine all three things, now you've got, you know, you've, you've specialized. So we tried two specialties. One was, you know, we'll build WordPress sites for agencies, and that worked okay. And at the same time, you know, because like a lot of journalists, we were scared of specializing, so we we're hedging our bets. And then the really true specialization was we said, okay, we're going to do like best practice conversion optimization redesigns called website rescues for Shopify stores. Okay. Um, and we, like I registered its own domain name, you know, because that made it less scary to specialize. And I wrote a really nice sales letter. And I think I even based it off like the letter that was on PlanScope. And it became a, that specialization alone um, established us as Shopify experts. Okay, and so that's, you know, really the result of that, the true like test that that was amazing was last January, we did 8x the revenue we did over the previous year. And historically, you know, January is very slow, and suddenly we had ended that feast or famine cycle. And this is all Shopify work? 100% Shopify work. Oh. And you I, get, that, you get that's a selling a, point. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's an alignment perk, right? Like you're very aligned with a, you know, it's, it's that example I always give where if you are, let's say you're... Um, uh, you know, a hospital and you're looking to get your website redesigned, are you going to pick the generalist web designer or the web designer who specializes in hospitals, right? Like exactly. even, if that, even if they're more expensive. Okay, so in looking at your business from like an outsider's perspective, you've got on your homepage, you've got, it's very focused, you know, make more money with your Shopify store, which is if I owned a Shopify store, I'd immediately, my ears would perk, right? Right, and um, people tell us that too when they approach us. They're like, well, we looked at other people, but you were the only one that talked about making more money. Uh-huh. And then you've got you've got your your client list and then the how we work and then the context. So it's very, formulaically, it's very typical of kind of like the, the, the formula that a lot of agencies used. But you're, again, your headline is very different. It's very focused. It's very outcome focused. And then you've got this other thing, website rescues, right. where- if I, you know, if I click on that, don't redesign your Shopify store, rescue it, turn your Shopify store into a revenue generating machine for your Chesapeake business. I live in a city called Chesapeake. Uh, fast delivered in seven days, affordable, grow your business with a 5X ROI and goal driven, see a 3X conversion boost. So I'm already like, if I see this now, I'm like, holy crap, that sounds good, right? <laughs> um uh, but it's very fixed on like I, I'm guessing the people who land on this are more like just frustrated with whatever store they've put together because it's not hitting their business goals. So tell me about a bit about the difference. You know, if I'm if I'm a potential Shopify customer, how am I find like which one are you driving me to? And okay, and why would I be at this? And what, how would I can I mentally like discern the differences between both? So the way we did. Um... I drive, you know, any of my my content marketing efforts and the Shopify Experts program, which is like a directory of um, approved Shopify vendors. Those things will all drive people directly to websiterescues.com. Okay. Like that's just, you know, that is our our very clear. Um, it's a sales page. It's a landing page for um, these Shopify 
efforts. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we had created that as because I was I was scared of specializing. So we created this, you know, a new website, new brand, everything. We just right. drive people straight to that. Um and you know the ethercycle.com is sort of is almost like a legacy site now. I'm not even sure what to do with it anymore, um, because this website rescues, especially since redesigning it, you know, outperforms it so dramatically. Because mm-hmm. it's very, I mean, it's it's sold like a product. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it not. is it is pure productized consulting. Right. So I assume though that website rescues are very defined in terms of what they pay and what they get. Yeah, and it actually we even advertised the price up front. Oh, you do twenty twenty four eighty. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so about twenty five hundred bucks, um, and then we drive. You know, we have to be very careful about qualifying. Mm-hmm. You know, to make sure that everyone is a good fit. Um, the interesting part is, you know, I may sell the people who contact through the form. I may sell less than half of them on a website rescue because they're not a good fit. Like we've got all sorts of other ancillary services, but I don't want to confuse the offering. So I don't advertise those. Okay. You know, I'll say, well, you're not a good fit for website rescues, but here's you know what I think would get the best ROI for you. And how many people who go through this do you end up kind of upselling them on a bigger engagement? You know, I really should track the metrics on that. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> no, I well, it's it kind of it's interesting because right? some, yeah, it does. Yeah. So most people, you know, are very are very pleased with it. You know, most people aren't just one and done. It becomes an ongoing engagement where they say they're usually so happy. Like the general request we get is, okay, you know, we saw the results from it. That worked really well. Mm -hmm. Just like take my money. What else can you do? Like they don't even know what they want. They just know like clearly there's something else you could do. Keep going. Right. Um, And that could turn into, you know, retainer contracts, AdWords, um, upselling monthly retainers for SEO services. Like there's a lot of recurring revenue services that become add-ons. I mean, what I like about this is if I'm a, like if I, let's say I did, I own, I am always trying to put myself in the shoes of a potential client, right? So I own a Shopify store. It's doing, you know, meh, it's okay. But I, uh, I, I do want to, it's not hitting the goals that I had. If you were to put me on your agency page, make more money with, your Shopify store. This all sounds good. I see these mobile first responsive designs, all this kind of stuff. And then this kind of intimidating contact form where, you know, it's it's not, I don't want to say it's scaring me. It's just, I don't know. Like I have no idea how much is this going to cost me? Like it's going to be a hundred thousand. The thing I like about the website rescues, and this is another reason why I love this sort of thing as a way to generate qualified leads is you tell me the price, you tell me what I'm getting. For me, from a risk perspective, I'm much more comfortable filling out the form on that page than the other page. Yeah. It's well, very much, it's contained, right? Yeah. And another interesting thing about website rescues um, for the marketing, you know, EtherCycle does the typical agency thing where it's like you're engaging with this amorphous team called EtherCycle and you don't really know who's going to call you, a sales guy going to call you, who's, who are you going to talk to? With the Shopify marketing, I made it very personal. Like 100% of it, you know, I spell out like you're going to deal with Kurt. You're talking to Kurt. Kurt's going to, you're contacting Kurt and Kurt's going to contact you back and you'll only ever deal with Kurt. So that, like, that by itself makes people much more comfortable. Yep. Just making it personal as opposed to, you know, this generic brand name, you know, that people don't know who they're going to end up right. with. Well, I mean, it, it's a sales letter. Um, yeah. It, and those it just perform so much better. Yeah. It even has your signature, your direct number with the extension. Um, so this is great because I, I love just from like a, 
a kind of like a sales pipeline perspective, it's a lot, you know, you might get people who fill out the form on your typical uh, or on your agency site, let's say, and they're going to be kind of going into this black box of like, well, is, you know, am I going to get hounded by a sales rep and what, you know, I don't even know, like, what's the right budget? Like none of this is defined in their head probably. Right. Whereas with this, if you can deliver, let's say that five X ROI, you know, they spend 2,500 on you and they get, you know, 10 K plus in value out of that. Those are the people that end up coming and saying, Hey, can we pay you five figures a month or, you know, something like that. Right. Which is awesome. You're so focused on Shopify. Like you're not a web design company. You are a Shopify magnification business right like that's what yeah. you do We're, yeah when people and it's actually it's confusing now because people you know who have no relationship with it will say what do you do and i don't want to say web designer anymore because right. it's like i i don't even relate to people who call themselves web designers at this point yeah you make shopify businesses more money or you make businesses that happen to use shopify as their sales platform you make them more profitable yeah, like two years ago, I thought of myself as a designer. Now, like I'm firmly entrenched in the idea that I'm an e-commerce consultant. Right, exactly, which is awesome. <laughs> and that, yeah, that mental shift is huge to change like uh, confidence, how even, you know, how I act, how I talk to people. It was, it was an important shift. So this shift, though, has helped you get into a lot of high profile things, right? Like you've, you've I know Shopify itself, you've been able to do you mentioned before the call something like you're going to be in a book that they're writing oh sure yeah like so what the, is this what <laughs> what how is this in terms of lead acquisition channels how has specialization benefited EtherCycle? oh absolutely so the biggest thing it did you know when you become a specialty in an ecosystem so in this case it's shopify but you know it could be any kind of you know platform or technology that has you know someone manning it um in this case, I found, you know, the the chief platform officer, chief partner officer, CPO at Shopify. Um, I got an email from him, um, you know, saying, "Wow, I really love website rescues. You know, it's great to see you're aligning with it." Um, and then, you know, directly after that, they had um, their content marketing person for their partner program reach out to me, and he said, "Hey, we're writing a book. Could you?" contribute to it. You know, I said, sure. Um, and I contributed a chapter to this book and I was, I even got paid for it and they published it. So without, I think that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, had I not chosen this narrow specialty, I would have never had the opportunity to, through actually very little effort, become a published author. And then that turned into, you know, um, you know, Shopify paid me to do, they said, you're, you know, you're a real partner. You know, we need, we need someone like you to talk about your experience. So again, they paid me. I created three five-minute videos talking about my Shopify experience. Right. Um, and those are going to be used as marketing material for Shopify. So like in many ways, you know, they're augmenting my marketing and making it seem more legitimate, more official. You know, when you get that, that official blessing from that whatever, who you align or partner with. Well, now, I mean, now you're the Shopify guy, right? Yes. That, and that's a very good... I mean, because, and realistically, that was that took six months. That's all that was, right? Which is incredible, <laughs> and it, it's it's been awesome just seeing this kind of happen unfurl in real time and seeing what it's. I mean, eight x over last year is, yeah, yeah. And I can you know I could, 
Like that has so much – like it just ripples out through the rest of my life. Like I can honestly say I'm happier now than I've ever been You know, having a focus. And a lot of the you know, pushback I hear from other freelancers um, is, well – you know, I want to work on different projects. You know, I, I have to be a generalist because I'd be so unhappy just doing the same thing over and over. And it's like, no, you're not doing the same thing over and over at all. Like, you know, every client on Shopify has radically different stores and they're different people and different businesses and different clients. Like that's, you're never, if you specialize, you're never doing the same thing over and over. So a lot of freelancers have an issue with turning away work and saying no. Um, I turn away probably over half the leads. I yeah, get. I was going to ask. So inevitably you get people who are on Magento or you get people who are just have a, you know, whatever, whatever website that isn't an online store was, is that hard to say no? Or was <laughs> so, it hard? Yeah. Initially, like, um, so it, you, when you're a generalist, you know, you have this famine mentality. Like if a good week used to be, I got five leads in a day today, it's not uncommon for me to get, or a good week would be, I get five leads in a week. And I would think that's amazing. Now I get at least five leads every single day. And it is not realistic for me to you know, service all of those. And they're not all a good fit. So for the people I don't, um, you know, I'm not able to service or aren't a good fit, I will try and refer to them to someone who is. And that you know, has built um, incredible relationships with people. Like some of them will pay me um, like a 10% commission, like one day $1,000. PayPal payment just showed up to me because of a referral I forgot I made, um, which was great. And it's built relationships, um, you know, with other vendors and service providers. And then that pays dividends and that they'll make referrals back to me. Right, right. What had to happen for you to get in that book? Like, was it just simply having a website that was so focused on Shopify consulting or did you need to do something more? And, And on top of that, you know, here you're focused on a platform, right? You're focused on Shopify as a platform. Yeah, I'm focused on a, a platform, like giving a result for a platform. Right. So what about the other, the alternative case, which is I'm focused on a type of industry, not a platform. Like how would you, how could you translate a lot of the success you've had? Because um, obviously a lot of the, that success is probably due to the fact that you've been able to, you know, kind of hijack an existing cash flow. There's already people spending money on, on Shopify you can now ingrain yourself in that ecosystem and right. you know do that. And I see this a lot. Like I use a tool called Infusionsoft for my email. There are there's a marketplace for Infusionsoft consultants. There are people who run paid ads. I get ads all the time on on Facebook for their stuff, where they have like a book on Infusionsoft, and then you can hire them on a full blown. They'll do your funnels for you. They'll set it all up for you. They're obviously kind of your equivalent, but in the Infusionsoft world. But what about the non-platforms? Like the is this replicatable for the dentistry niche or you know something like that? <laughs> well, that's, right? yeah, dentistry is like the the classic one for local SEO sales. Right. No, for sure you could pick, um, you could focus on an industry. Like it just has to be. I mean, ultimately, it just has to be a thing that your audience identifies themselves with. Like in this case, it's you know Shopify store owners. But if Shopify got too big, you know this might stop working. In which case, I would say, um, you know, I'd pick a niche. So I'd say like manufacturers or Kickstarter success stories that are on Shopify to try and narrow it down more. 
you know, it just has to be a way to narrow an audience in a way that they see themselves. So people see themselves as Shopify store owners, but it could be, you know, they also see themselves as like a manufacturer or, you know, it just happens I've done like several stores that involved watch products. So it could be like people who are into horological products. Right. So, and obviously, I mean, you know, you can combine the two, right? Like you could combine um, Shopify plus uh, people who sell watch straps on Shopify. Like that could be your your specialty. And obviously then you're just kind of like the the ultimate yeah, you're the for one provider. The ultimate go-to guy. And I have thought about narrowing it more. Like I think long-term I would do like Shopify and, you know, people who are manufacturers. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer working with people who make their own goods um, because it's, you know, it's more interesting, it's more exciting, and they're more enthusiastic, but they also have a much bigger margin on their products, which makes it, you know, generally translates to a bigger marketing budget. Right. Well, let me ask you this. So why... Um why not do that? But in a way that do- isn't limiting, like why not have landing pages for like basically website rescues for manufacturing website rescues for, um, you know, whatever, like all those different kind of verticals. So initially, you know, when I did do website rescues, you know, I was still, I was still in that, that starvation mindset. Um, I did, I had landing pages for different platforms. So I think there was one, it was like, a generic one, and then one for Shopify, one for Big Commerce, and one for probably something else. I don't remember which one. But by doing that, you know, I was able to see which one worked the best. And when it was like Shopify was the clear winner by far, I just focused my efforts there. But what about getting even more hyper specialized and having like basically the 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 landing page you have now, but like different variations depending on the industry using Shopify? You know, I absolutely could. And the only reason I don't, um, either it's, you know, the cobbler's children have no shoes where I haven't had time to do it (laughs) or, you know, at the same time, I'm not sure how I would drive, like how I would segment to drive that content, but it is, no, it's it's a a good idea. Do you do any form of paid advertising to move people over here? I actually only do remarketing. I find remarketing is incredibly successful, um, you know, and very cheap, like with Google AdWords remarketing, it could be as low as a nickel per click. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great because, you know, you don't know where people are in the buying cycle. They may look at the website um, and then forget, you know, and hopefully they sign up for the newsletter because then I'm always top of mind every week with them. Yep. Um, but if not, then hopefully the remarketing ads take care of it. But I actually don't use um, pay-per-click ads to get new traffic. I just do um, content marketing. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've actually um, recently I've been doing a lot of Facebook acquisition. And what's interesting about Facebook, and you might want to look into this, is you can do you can set up a campaign to not only include remarketing, like people who have visited your site, like people who are cookied as having gone to your site, but you can also upload your newsletter and create a a similarity kind of what they call a look like audience, which will be. Um, you know, people who are kind of within that extended network of people who have already hmm. on your site. It's really interesting, but I've, I've been able to get, I'm, I'm, that now, actually does sound incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm now getting leads at $1.95 each, which to me, and granted, this is going, this is for not for consulting, but for my uh, double freelancing rate course. Right. But for me, with basically the typical conversion flow from my email course to that, 
I'm already looking at a pretty high ROI. So yeah, you might want to yeah, try. Yeah, if your acquisition is two bucks, I mean, clearly that's, right. <laughs> that's going to work out. Right, exactly. So you might want to... So, you know, actually, I know that would work um, because on the Google AdWords remarketing, you know, it, it lets you extend the reach um, with aggressive or conservative um, right. yep. extension where it'll, look, it'll compare your remarketing list um, use like whatever crazy demographics research Google has to try and extend that a little bit. And that, you know, for e-commerce works incredibly well and for website rescues has worked um, reasonably well. So what, what you might want to try would be um, like, this is just kind of like, imagine that we're sitting in a bar chatting. It's no longer interview. Now it's more like, you know, I have some ideas based on what you just said. Um, what, what you could do and this is what I might try if you, I mean, it sounds like you're already getting a lot of leads, so maybe you don't need more leads, but if you did want more leads, you could go. Uh, it's gr- I always want more leads right? because then I can, I could cherry pick the best ones. Right. So you could go to Facebook and you could run an ad targeting people who like Shopify on Facebook, which could be very, oh, very See, I always thought the way that, like, I saw that you could do that for whatever reason, I thought you could only do it. Like you could only target pages that, that you, you were an admin on. It depends. Like smaller pages, you can't. But I, I'd imagine for like I think pages with, I don't know what it, I'd need to look into this. But I think it's if they're over like ten thousand likes, then you can publicly target them. I think, or at least uh, okay. they, they're always changing stuff. But yeah, that is um, a little annoying with Facebook is it's it's a moving target. Right. But yeah, for sure. I mean, that's such a no brainer. If they like Shopify, then I should be exactly. you know able to advertise to them exactly. And um. And you could even probably, I mean, you could even turn, I mean, one, one amazing thing that I love about kind of this specialization is now you could bang out a short ebook that basically leads people through what you might do. Right. And it's just a way to kind of promote, like here, here's basically the ebook on how to make your Shopify site more valuable. And your ideal client is going to be somebody who doesn't have the time to actually do it themselves, but they might have the time to read it. And okay. It's kind of like like I was saying with Infusionsoft. The, I forgot some of the names, but there's a guy. I think his name is Wes Wages, and he has an he has the Infusionsoft like book, right? And what this does is it allows him to kind of establish his expertise through this book, and ultimately allows people to then hire him and his team to do the actual implementation work, right? So it's one thing to say like, here's what you should know about making more money on Shopify, best practices about doing this versus doing that. And then, you know, it's a natural kind of sales pitch for taking that that leap and going in and hiring Kurt and team to do it for them. Yeah, I always freely tell people, like, here's what I would do to make more money with your store. And you're welcome to go attempt that yourself. And if that doesn't work out, let me know and I'll take care of it for you. Like I, in that way, I make it like completely no pressure right. um, on well, my sales. Cool about, I mean, the, the fact that you've been so successful specializing is you have so much data now, right? Like you right. have client data that you can extrapolate and share and case study and everything else, right? And put that and, into yeah, something Yeah, and we did more. do that. We at the, at the end of last year, we grabbed, um, we combined, we looked at data for 30 stores, the top 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we concluded that responsive is, is everything because at the end of last year, we had like a 50-50 split between mobile and desktop. And that's great. And I think like that's the thing I love about getting away from just being that general purpose web designer is you're able to do things like this. You're able to become that that authority. Right. In the Shopify space. Now you've got you've gotten on the radars of Shopify corporate 
And yeah. Oh, yeah. And you had you had asked, you know, was there an extra step in there um, to do that? And all it was was, you know, I created the website rescues page. I saw that Keir Whitaker, who is their like one of their um, content marketing gurus, had written a post called like for I think it was like Tuts Plus. And, like here's how to write a great landing page, and he included it as an example. So I just reached out to him and said, hey, you know, if you want to do anything else, let me know. And sure enough, like that turned into a guest blog post and the book chapter um, and now a video series. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, and it was literally like I sent a 10-second email. And that's going to do nothing but give you more uh, customers and make you more in demand, which means you can – that 2480 price tag can go up. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, like – Well, it already – yeah, when we started, I think it was like – it was under two thousand, and uh-huh. I've just been steadily raising it over time. Yeah, and as you as you establish more of that expertise, as you as you become more ingrained as that the authority in that space, I mean, that's how you charge the big bucks, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So, what are what are your next? Um, what's the future for you? Like, what are you doing next? So, I started. Um, I did. I outlined a uh, a book, an ebook I want to write called Life After Crowdfunding. And it's sort of, you know, the typical path people take is like come up with a product, put it on Kickstarter, and then move to um, Shopify to sell it. And then they kind of don't know what to do then. So I wanted to write a book that spoke specifically to that audience, you know, about and here's, you know, the the way you should do that and, and have a successful, profitable Shopify business. Um, but I don't have the experience. So actually, I partnered up recently with a gentleman um, who manufactures watch bands for Rolex and sells them on Shopify, um, who's become a good friend of mine. He was a client. I was a great friend. Um, and we're actually going to manufacture an aftermarket strap for the Apple Watch just as soon as I can get my hands on one, you know, <laughs> to get it, like, scanned and get very nice dimensions on it. But yeah, no, I'm going to – I'm putting my money where my mouth is. We're going to try to design a product, launch it on Kickstarter, and sell it on Shopify. Nice. And then that experience will go into, you know, an ebook about that. Right. Right. No, that's, that's awesome. Great. Cool. Yeah. So I think, I mean, it, it just sounds like this specialization has made it so, you know, not only it is your marketing focused, yeah, not only is your marketing focused, but you're focused, right? Like it's so yeah. much easier to explain to somebody that you meet on the street, like, you know, where before it was, I built pretty websites or I built responsive <laughs> websites. Now you're saying, uh, my, my one and only purpose in business is to help make Shopify stores print more money, which yeah. is a very, you know, very, very attractive and enticing offering to make, which I know if I, if I owned a Shopify store and I had a, you know, I was courting a few quote unquote web designers, I would be going after the one who spoke directly to my needs. I mean, that is exactly like case in point. I, uh, even, even with this own, with this podcast, when I was looking for people who, um, can help with podcasts, I wasn't looking for general purpose audio editors, right? I was looking for people who own the process of going from raw recording to professionally produced podcast episode complete with show notes and everything else. And, um, you know, that, that's what did it for me. And I know the same. I, I think all of us have a a specialized focus in, in us. I think a lot of us are just really scared to go out and, you know, reject people and, and say, like if there's <laughs> one if there's one common attribute I would say uh, amongst successful people is their ability to say no to things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't think I didn't learn that until probably the last 
12 months. Um, but the moment I started saying no to things and focusing, like it just opened up so many doors and opportunities. Right. Right. So Kurt, this has been awesome. I thank you again for coming on. I think we're going to talk again later about more kind of specifically tactical kind of focusing and, and positioning and everything. But I just wanted to thank you for coming on and sharing the story of EtherCycle. So w- again, people can find out more about you at EtherCycle.com. Is that the best place to go? Or uh, Actually, if you go to um, KurtElster.com, yeah, and follow me on Twitter. I've got a, a pinned tweet up there. Um, if anyone wants to ask me any questions, I'm more than happy to answer it. I love hearing from, from freelancers, and I, I love helping people. So yeah, no, if you have any questions, ask me. Awesome. And just like uh, Philip from last week's interview, if you're in the new class, you'll you might even have a uh, have a uh, Kurt as your mentor. Oh yeah, no, I've I've been going through and reading reading surveys from people. It's a really exciting class. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome seeing that just the group. What what happens when you put smart, passionate, talented people in one place? Lightning, fireworks. Yeah, right? it's already happening. Like that Facebook group, you're already seeing. Um, seeing people accomplish things, which is amazing. And I think the, the course and the content isn't even out yet. Right. Yeah. Two more days. So <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Kurt. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So Kurt is the man, as you can tell from that interview. And I've got so many other guests lined up. I've got expert copywriters. I've got designers. I've got developers. I've got marketers. And they're all lined up and their stories are waiting to be shared in future episodes of the Business of Freelancing podcast. Again, if you love the show and want to see it succeed, please go to doubleyourfreelancing.com slash podcast, click on iTunes or, or Stitcher and leave a review. I really do appreciate it. So I will see you again for a future episode of the Business of Freelancing podcast. <laughs>